hey, Auburn picks up a huge commitment from the Atlanta area. Is there a pipeline forming? Hey, spring football practice starts today, and it's a huge week for Auburn basketball. We're going to talk about it. It's episode 22 of the Top Button Podcast, and I'm your host, Charlie Five, and we are ready to rock and roll. But before we get started, we want to give a shout-out to our boy Ford Stokes with Active Wealth Management. We talk about him every episode. Huge Auburn fan. Would love to help protect the money that you've worked so hard to save uh, and help it protect it and help it grow uh, to get you where you need to be in the future. Just give him a call. He'll give you a custom plan built to your needs, not just some cookie cutter PowerPoint presentation. He's there to help. Uh, check him out, Ford Stokes, activewealth.com. All right, guys, it's been, we've been going through a little bit of a drought uh, from a commitment standpoint. And then Auburn pulls off and lands a huge prospect from Buford High School in Georgia, just just north uh, east Atlanta, four star corner Devin Williams, highly ranked uh, corner. He would be he's our second highest ranked uh, commit of this class as we speak. Um, kind of, came, I don't want to say it came out of nowhere, but I would say the. The commitment of him came out of the no out of, out of nowhere. It was no it was no really secret that Auburn was competing hard, was pushing hard, was right there up at the top of his list. I think it was Auburn and Notre Dame, but I think Chad Simmons was referring to him yesterday in a tweet that he he dropped when it said something like, "I was just talking to this recruit or recruiting's crazy. I was just talking to this recruit about upcoming visits and blah 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 blah." And then he texts me today and says, I'm ready to commit. Uh, he pulled the trigger. Yes, uh, I see you're listening to this on Tuesday. So he committed yesterday uh, at 5 p.m. Um, we got a kind of a tip that it was going to be around that time. And uh, it was he was right on time, right on time. So what does this mean? It's no, make no mistake. Big time corners are. Are invaluable. Lockdown corners are invaluable. And this is a uh, little excerpt from his 247 scouting report from Andrew Ivins, uh, their director of scouting, a potential coverage ace for a power five contender. Not a not just a player, not just a in a just a regular P5 guy, a power five contender and a coverage ace. He's a little bit undersized. When I say undersized, I don't mean like, I mean, he's not going to be that 6'2 long corner. He's going to be right in your 5'10 range, probably 185, 190 pounds. But what one thing about him that jumps off the charts is speed. Just like Eleanor Roosevelt said in Talladega Nights, Auburn, America's all about speed, hot, nasty BA speed. And he's got full of he, He's full of it. So when he was a sophomore, he ran a 10.65 in the 100 uh 100 meter dash which is incredible uh he's he can absolutely scoot he was he played receiver as well and he averaged like almost 30 yards a catch so when you're a corner and you're you don't have length you have to have speed when you don't have you know that long range where you can you know you can make a play if there's a little bit of separation closing speed is huge and devin williams uh is an absolute burner. I wonder if he could possibly work in, you know, possibly the return game uh, at, at Auburn. I'd love to watch his film this upcoming year. I assume he's probably going to play a little bit of everything. 
Uh, but yeah, it's a big, big, um, a big get. Uh, Auburn, for whatever reason, we don't really go out and I don't know if it's a, I really don't know what it is, but those those marquee corners, those guys that are locked down guys, Auburn seems to sort of, I don't know, from the high school ranks, maybe struggle a little bit. You just saw Naeem Offord, five-star, number one player in Alabama, go to Ohio State. I mean, that was a corner. That was going to be, you know, a blockbuster corner. The door may not be all the way closed on him, but uh, but yeah, this is a good. I mean, this is a good sign. This is a good sign. You're getting a player that's highly ranked at a position you seemingly historically have struggled at getting, uh, and you get him in early. Uh, you get him in early. So, I think at this time last year, the class was ranked around like 15 or so, uh, and with this commitment, it goes all. It's all the way up to number seven. And I don't think we're done. I don't think we're done. I think it's so February's winding down, March hits, visits hits. I would expect at least three more, uh, at least three more commits. Uh, and if the ones that hit like we think they will, you could be all the way up inside the top five. So a lot of positive momentum early, man. Early recruiting, early getting guys. Uh, it, it's big. It's, it's absolutely big to go ahead and get the momentum started. You'd love to have somewhere around, you know, 15-ish commits, 15-ish um, commits before uh, the season starts. That would be kind of – that would be, you know, probably ideal. And right now you have nine, okay? So if, if March goes like you think it is, you could be around 12. And then if you add, you know, three or four more over the summer, spring and summer – uh, I think you're right uh, where you need to be. Cannot – huge, huge pickup. Huge pickup, great player, uh, and plays at the top, you know, competition. Buford is – I mean, that's where K.J. Bolden uh, – I believe that's where K.J. Bolden went to school. So, Dylan Rayola, like five-star factory, okay? So, being able to play and being an impact on that team, you're going to come ready to play – uh, essentially, you're you're a you know, you may essentially be like a redshirt freshman when you get here, maybe even a sophomore. As far as ready to play, ready to play because you've played against the best. Always big Buford, your Graysons, all these schools uh, in Atlanta that are football factories. If you can get, I, I talked about it, you know, in Alabama. If you can get Phoenix City's best player, if you can get the best player from Thompson, the best player from you know some of these Birmingham schools, and then. You turn around, same thing in in Atlanta. If you can get a your best kid from Buford, best kid from Grayson, all, Parkview, all these all these all these different schools around the Atlanta area. If you can get their best player, you're going to get a kid that's ready to play football. So get excited about Devin Williams. Um, now you just got to keep him, which you know it is what it is. I I, I feel like we do a pretty good job of retention. Um, we rarely lose kids that we don't really we we rarely lose kids that we don't want to lose uh it's it, at least this far under under Hughes freeze so um we got him in keep him I think we got us a star right here in the making in Devin Williams so speed for days speed for days is it a coincidence or is it not or am I just stretching here but you go on this commitment drought and then all of a sudden your first commit that, that that you get to start it back up after like right close to when the dead period ends the, the first commit you get 
uh, after this long drought is from the Atlanta area. And we just hired the, uh, I mean, you just hired one of the most legendary Atlanta area high school guys uh, in Kenyatta Watson. Is it a coincidence? I, or or is it just uh, or could there something be be going on there? Could this Atlanta pipeline uh, be forming? You feel like you lead big for uh, Traveris Dice, who's from Langston Hughes in that area. You feel like you're trending for uh, 2026, possibly the number one player in the country, Tyler Atkinson. Uh, it's another year away, but uh, and he's from Grayson High School. So like, are you starting to see? An Atlanta area uh, pipeline is is Auburn going to become West Atlanta? That would be incredible. That would be incredible if you can pick off, you know, four or five elite guys, maybe more, four or five elite guys from Atlanta and surrounding areas every single year. I don't think you could ask for anything better. And having Kenyatta Watson is uh, having Kenyatta Watson on this staff is is. Invaluable, invaluable. I, I mean, I'm, I, I don't know this for intel, but I mean, you had a guy who national recruiting national recruiting uh, analysts thought was maybe weeks or months away from a commitment, going to take a bunch of visits. You hire Kenyatta Watson a week and a half ago, and then all of a sudden, boom, I'm ready to commit. I don't know. Maybe there's maybe it's not related at all, but. He Kenyatta actually tweeted out early yesterday morning. You know, good morning and War Eagle. We got to we got to figure out what his bat signal is. So that's something we got to work on. Got to figure out what his bat signal is. But there would nothing nothing would warm my heart more. Nothing would warm my heart more if it is if a Atlanta pipeline gets back going. It seems like we've really struggled in Georgia in general, but definitely the Atlanta area since maybe Rodney Garner left. Um, I, re- I mean, I really you, you go back and look. Damari Austin's the last big time recruit you got from that area in a, in a long time, uh, especially since Gus left. And you just kind of struck out. You just kind of struck out in that area. So, boy, if you could get a you could get a Buford kid, you could get a Langston Hughes kid, you could get a, a Grayson kid in the next year's class. If you could start picking off these kids, you got you got Jay Crawford. Um, from Parkview last year, if you could start kind of building an Atlanta pipeline, I mean, Auburn is in geographically is in an unbelievable location. I mean, you're talking, it's right there. It's right there. There's no reason not to have a huge presence. And I'm hoping that we're starting to see the wheels turn. We're starting to see some things happening there uh, for recruiting uh, in Atlanta. So let's get pumped. Let's see what happens again. I, I don't think we're I don't I think we're about to go on a little bit of a run. Um, I said it months back. I, I think it just got you know with hiring coaches. I, I thought I thought this would already be done. I thought all these guys would already be committed, but it looks like we really were building up this off the field staff. Maybe took some time off in the dead period to kind of get get uh, organizationally more uh, in line, uh, and now we're pushing hard and ready to go. And I would imagine. Uh, on Thursday, we're going to talk about all the visits that are already lined up uh, with some top, top studs who might be going to evaluate and stuff like that. So recruiting is about to really pick up. Yesterday was kind of a surprise. That's that's huge. That's huge. Go ahead and get him going. Go ahead and get him going. You got nine commits. Let's reel off 
three or four more uh, and get ready for spring uh, spring football and then break it down. Then we'll be talking spring portals. So it's going to be a blast. The balls are rolling. The wheels are in motion. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Spring football, tackle football starts today, ladies and gentlemen. Spring is underway, depending on what time you listen to this. <laughs> so it's uh, you got pra- your first practice today. It's usually going to be helmets and shorts. We're going to get some videos uh, that we're going to analyze, overanalyze, and just break down from start to finish. And I am here for it. I'm here for it. Spring football is fun because uh, now it's really fun because you get to see a lot of new faces for the first time. And you get to see them quick. You get to see them like within two or three months of, of when they, uh, you know, sign and enroll versus, you know, in the past, spring would be for guys that are already on the team and you wouldn't get to see new faces basically until, you know, until fall camp or or even the first game, a first couple of games. So now you get to see essentially your whole freshman class minus, you know, four, you know, five or six guys, you get to see all of your new portal editions. Uh, and then you get to see, you get to see the guys that you are bringing back from, from last year. Uh, you get to see the roster progress. Um, it's fun. You just get to see it quickly. You get to see it really quickly. All the new additions, you get to see them uh, right away. And there's a lot of new additions that uh, I think we're all going to be at, you know, we're all going to be watching to see where they fall, where they, you know, in the lineups uh, and things like that. And and there's some blockbuster guys that you're you're really leaning on, new guys that you're hoping uh, will be, you know, as good as you think they'll be. Uh, you really need to find a number one wide receiver. You get to see you get to see your portal guy, Robert Lewis. You get to see your top six or seven overall player in the country true freshman stud, Cam Coleman. Uh, there's just so many fun things about spring that we need that you get to watch for so quickly after new players are added. So let's talk about, you know, three or four of the top newcomers that that I'm looking forward to see. Uh, and, and you tell me what you think. You know, let me know in the comments. Who are you excited to see? Uh, who are you excited uh, to see how they fit in the depth chart, how they fit – and then, uh, you know, just kind of go back and forth there. So my number one player that I'm 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 super excited to see is Percy Lewis. Okay, the offensive tackle uh, from I believe Mississippi State. He's kind of been all over the world, and the reason I'm excited to see him is because of what he could mean to the offensive line. We've talked about this ad nauseum, but Percy Lewis could make three positions better. On the offensive line, he could make your left. He could make your left tackle position better. He could make your left guard position better. He could make your right guard position better. All because when you get him there, you can slide Dylan Wade in, and then you can bump. Then you have a, a just an all-out brawl for the other guard position, which I which I love. I love competition. So I'm very anxious to see where he falls in line. He's an absolute mountain of a man, uh, and I'm just looking forward to seeing that particular uh, dude in this lineup because if he hits, if he pops, your offensive line is going to be, I think, extremely solid, extremely solid, even better, uh, you know, a better performing line 
uh, than last year. Uh, last year, I thought we we had a complete 180 from the year prior as far as being able to be aggressive, pushing the line of scrimmage, being able to run the ball, uh, even pass blocking at times was good. You're looking at a, possibly another huge step forward uh, if Percy Lewis is who we think he is. So that's my number one. Uh, my number two. Uh, my number two is uh, no surprise, but Cam Coleman. Okay, Cam Coleman. I talked about this on Zach's show uh, yesterday or today. We talk about this on Zach's show today. The value of having a number one guy. The value of having a number one wide receiver. What does that uh, an action and that, that being an actual wide receiver, an outside dog wide receiver? What does that mean for the whole rest of the passing attack? And, and what value that brings uh, to an offense? Auburn for I can't even remember like how many years now. Maybe since Seth Williams left. Okay, so since Brian, since the end of the Gus Malzahn era. Okay, Auburn has had a team full of number two wide receivers. They just have at best. Uh, there's not been a go-to guy, and and your go-to guy last year was a tight end. Okay, so not even a guy that you could truly line up out wide uh, every single play and, and and just know that if everything breaks down, that guy's going to beat his guy. So we can go that way if everything breaks down. That guy's going to win that battle way more times than he's not. We just have not had that guy. We have not had that guy that you can depend on to go make a play uh, on the outside, and I think Cam Coleman can be that guy. Um, he's got the size, he's got the speed, he's got the ball skills, he's got the fit, the, the physicality in general. Uh, and I honestly, I think he has the mindset of I want uh, that a wide receiver has to have that says I'm just gonna I'm gonna embarrass you. Okay, he's got a little bit of Chad Baker Mazzara, I'm him personality. If you know what I mean, if you understand, if you watch the the Georgia game that we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, if you watch that game, he's got a little bit of that dog in him, you know. So. Uh, I'm anxious to see how that plays out. Um, how that plays out uh, in this this whole, uh, you know, new I say new offense. This whole identity that we're building on offense with with Hugh uh, running the ship um, and having a true, hopefully go to guy. And you know, when Summer gets here and Perry gets here, you may have two guys. You may have two guys. So very looking forward to to that one big time. Number three. This was sort of a new revelation. This is not somebody that I had necessarily pinpointed as somebody that um, I was going to be, you know, super. I, I guess I didn't know that he was going to be able to make a, a super impact, but it kind of comes out from if you if you listen to Locked On Auburn, Amaris Williams is is already kind of penciled in as the backup defensive end behind Keldrick Falk. Holy cow! Uh, he's barely been here, you know, a couple of months. He's he's already turning heads in the weight room, already turning heads in workouts. Physically, he's, you know, going to be 265, 270 pounds, uh, played running back a little bit in high school, athletic freak, and he's already going to be backing up, uh, you know, another freaky freak uh, in Keldrick Fox. So, Amaris Williams, holy cow. I, after we got the news that he's possibly already – Sort of worked his way uh, up into being right around, you know, right around second team at defensive end. 
Like I want to see everything. I want to see every move he makes, every step he takes, and every move he makes uh, in spring because the future of the defensive line, man. These young guys, holy cow! Uh, these young guys, we only you you, you got uh, three or four really really good looking uh, prospects, and all of them I think are going to play early and and going to play often. But Amaris Williams is one that was already, you know, sort of exceeding expectations as far as who he is, what he brings to the table, and how hard he wants to work when he gets here. Looking forward to seeing that dude battle. Um, I just, I mean, after hearing this, I just don't know how you're going to keep him off the field. You're going to have to find, you may have to have some four down lineman sets uh, where where you have him and Falk on the field at the same time. Like he could be, he could be that good. So Amaris Williams, definitely one of the newcomers that I'm looking forward to seeing uh, one of my top three. Um, Number four, I think that I just want to go in a, in a safe direction because um, last year when you brought in portal guys, uh, especially at wide receiver, it was sort of last minute, last minute additions, uh, throw some stuff against the wall and see what sticks, who's got some relationships. Let's just try to get some guys in here because we just need some bodies. But this year you had some time to actually go scout. You had some time to not go scout, but you had time to scout, watch film. You had time to sort of build a little list of prospects. And one of the guys you early went out and and and, and evaled, one of those guys you early targeted and you got in early was Robert Lewis um, uh, from Georgia State. Uh Kid can play. He's got one of the long – I think he holds the record for the longest reception uh, in that school's history. Um, but just a guy that you evaled early, not some – again, not some last-minute throw-against-the-wall uh, addition. This is somebody you, pick, you, you picked out, you singled out early to bring in uh, to supplement with these young guys, uh, these young stars that you brought in. I'm anxious to see – how his game translates because I think he could play multiple positions. I think he could be an outside guy. I think he could be an inside guy. He's got good size. He runs like a running back uh, when he's got the ball in his hands. I mean, he's 200-plus pounds, and he can fly. So where he fits in in the offense I think is huge, and uh, I'm really looking forward to see – Robert Lewis again. I like the the portal is fun uh, because it's like uh, it's almost like fantasy football, you know, where you kind of you look at every single team and, and you're you're picking up free agents and things like that off the waiver wire. Um, this is a guy looking to level up. He's been dominant at uh, the level he was at, and now he wants to level up and and see if he can uh, his game translates to to the SEC. I think it will, and I think he is an invaluable addition to this wide receiver uh, wide receiver room. So, again, spring football, it's so much fun now that you get to see all these new faces so quickly. You don't have to wait and hear rumors of workouts. I mean, you get to see it. You get to see practice. You get to see practice video, pictures, hulking super teams galore. Cannot wait. I think they have to do a few days in uh, just shorts and – Shorts and jerseys, no no pads or anything like that, just helmets. I think that's all you're going to get uh, for a couple of days. Uh, and then it's going to start – then they'll start, you know, then they'll start battling. Then they'll start wailing on each other. Uh, and we'll really find out who's ready to play.
we'll really find out who's ready to play. I'm, I'm more pumped about this spring game than I have been in a long time. I can't wait to see what this offense looks like, how much different it looks, uh, and, and then the defensive looks as well. You got two new, completely two new uh, play callers. Um, I'm, I'm anxious to see how how this whole spring uh, unfolds because I think you're starting to really build a foundation with talented kids, uh, and I think the staff is where Hewitt wants it to be. I think I think you had a year of, of rushed hires to try to get it in and get some things settled, and, and you've had a year to sort of um, evaluate everything, and, and now you kind of got it like you like it and you're ready to go. So spring football starts today. Uh, we'll keep you updated on, you know, anything, you know, any big news that pops. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, before we talk about basketball, I want to give a shout out to plainscoffee.com. Use coupon code BUTTON for 10% off all orders. Stop going to Sam's Club. Stop going to all these big box store, your Costco's, and, and, and stocking up on old coffee that's going to sit in your pantry forever. Check out Plains Coffee. Get it coming on a like a on a weekly basis. Like if you drink, uh, if you go through a whole bag a week, like get it lined up where where you got another one coming. It comes straight to your door. You don't have to leave the house. Freshly ground before it ships. They got roasts for everybody. The dark as you want or as light as you want. And then they got teas as well. Uh, if you're not a coffee person, so check them out. Plainscoffee.com. Use coupon code button for ten percent off. All right, switching gears from football a little bit. Huge week for basketball. Huge week for basketball. Um, and it starts on Wednesday night. Uh, you play Tennessee at Tennessee, arguably the one of the top two, top three teams, not inarguably, uh, one of the top two or three teams in the uh in the, you know, definitely in the SEC and you know, possibly a top 10 team. They're ranked a top 10 team in the country. They probably are a top team, 10 team in the country. They are about to go, Tennessee is about to go on a brutal, brutal four-game stretch, and Auburn is the first one of that. Auburn has an opportunity to not necessarily put themselves in the driver's seat for the regular season SEC title, but an opportunity to give themselves the best opportunity to finish out the season uh the the next four games out of when you're looking at the top few teams you know in the race if you can knock off Tennessee tomorrow you have the easiest road to finishing the season out uh 4-0 which puts you it should be a at, at worst a tie uh for first place in the SEC you go to Georgia you had a week to prepare so I don't want to um you know, I don't want to belittle that. That was a that was very important. We needed time to rest. We needed time to get better. Chad Baker Mazar had gotten banged up. He was, you know, gotten hit in the head a few times at Kentucky. So that whole week allowed everybody to get a little bit healthy and it allowed you to figure out what you were going to do with Jalen Williams out and the rotations and the packages that they put that Bruce and 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 Co put together were flawless. I mean, you got to see some cool lineups. You got to see Broom and Dylan on the court at the same time. You got to see a small lineup, uh, small lineups. You got to see a little bit of everything. Uh, and the Tigers went into Stegman Coliseum in Athens, Georgia, and absolutely dominated the Bulldogs from start to finish. And the importance of that win, I, 
believe it or not, it, it did feel like I and I and maybe we're wrong. Maybe like it's our fault. Maybe it's the fans' fault for feeling this way, but it did kind of feel like you might have peaked too soon. It, it started to kind of feel like you had two pretty big blowout losses two Saturdays in a row. Granted, they were on the road. Uh, it did feel like, you know, you were unbeatable at one point in time, and now it's like, okay, maybe we're not necessarily who we thought we were. So this win in this convincing fashion on the road, uh, I think it sent a message to a lot of the a lot of our fan base, a lot of, you know, maybe the, the rest of the SEC that, hey, we're, we're legit. We are a, le- a legitimate contender. Uh, and – and, and to go in again on the road, and you had statistically your second best shooting performance from three uh, this season was on the road. Your what? And what's crazy is your out of your top five shooting, out of your top five shooting from three performances, four are either I'm sorry, one is on the road and three are neutral site. So. All the tournament games are going to be at neutral site, so you're you're sending a, you're sending you're sort of silencing the narrative that Auburn can't win or Auburn can't shoot or Auburn can't play away from Neville. So it was a big win. It was a huge win, and now you know you go into a tough environment. Bruce loves this game. He loves to go back to Tennessee, and I'm sure there's a lot of people at Tennessee that still have you know still have a lot of affection and a lot of love for Bruce uh, because of you know. He kind of turned that men's uh, men's program around. I would say they are where they are today because of Bruce Pearl. So that's a very important game for him. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. There's there's no doubt about it. Uh, but if you can somehow go in there, and again, like I said, they're on about to go on a they're about to go on a brutal brutal four game stretch. Auburn is the first one uh, of that stretch. Could you get them looking ahead? I think they have to go to Alabama. They have to go. They have to play. Uh, they're going to have to play Kentucky again. Uh, they have a. They, I think they got to play South Carolina. I think that's their next four games: Auburn, uh, Auburn, Kentucky, Alabama, South Carolina. I don't know if it's necessarily in that order, but uh, it's a, it's a brutal, brutal stretch. Could you get them looking ahead? Could you get them sort of, you know, in a midweek lull? That's another thing. It's on a Wednesday. Now I know. They they're gonna still pack they're they're still gonna be able to pack it out on a Wednesday, but it's not a Saturday. <laughs> it's not a Saturday two thirty where people from out of town can can drive in that people you know can tailgate and people can get you know get ready to go uh, all all week long. No, it's a it's a Wednesday midweek game. Um, listen to this stretch they close with. So they play Auburn at home, then they go to Alabama, to South Carolina, and then they get Kentucky at home. Brutal four-game stretch. That's what I meant when I said if you can get by this game, somehow you can knock Tennessee off. You have such an easier road. The last three games or the last four to go – I mean, not the last four, the last three games to finish the season 4-0 and to put yourself in striking distance of winning the winning a share or winning the regular season outright. Maybe you catch Tennessee looking ahead. Uh we have the shooters to be able to. We have the shooters to be able to to hurt them. Uh, but can they do it again on the road? That that's the key. Can a, is this Aiden Holloway deal? Is this is this his renaissance? You know, he's had such a short career. He came out hot. He had a lull, and then he goes five of eight from three. Uh, 
and just making essentially everything he looks at, banking in threes. Uh, love it, man. Aiden Holloway is – Aiden Holloway – I love Trey Donaldson, but Aiden Holloway has a ceiling. Uh, Aiden, Aiden Holloway playing well raises the ceiling of this team just because he's that gifted. And then you still have not been able to completely unlock Denver Jones, who's, who makes who makes everything he looks at, it seems like, but he just only gets – you know, three or four shots a game. So do you turn him loose against Tennessee? Uh, and then you got Chad Baker Mazzara, who <coughs> unbelievable comes out, scores 25 points, 18 in the first half against Georgia. You know, fresh off finding out one of his high school coaches passed away, puts a game together for him that is uh so so impressive. And he did it in every single aspect that you could do it. He drove to the basket, he shot threes. He made seven free throws. He and guess what? He only took seven free throws. So he's seven perfect from the line, inside, outside, jump shots, threes. He did it so incredibly well rounded uh, that you know Aiden Holloway shot great, but he hit a bunch of threes. Chad did everything. Chad did everything, and he's so big uh, for this team. It's crazy too because <clears throat> I wouldn't. I would not say that he is physically gifted. But he's a basketball player, man. He's just a basketball player. He knows how to use his body. He knows how to use uh, leverage. He knows how to use uh, get angles on people. Like he just knows how to get the ball in the basket. Uh, and man, we need him continuing to get hot and lean on him. Lean on him. You know, with Jalen out, some of these dudes are getting more looks that he would get that Jalen would get. And, and these guys are are building confidence for what I think could be a really good tournament run if Jalen's healthy, you know, like we think he will be uh, towards the end of the season. Hopefully, again, I know that I know Bruce says it's game by game. I'm looking at possibly senior night as far as him getting back. I think that's the safe, safe thing to say, safe thing to do. I don't even know if you really want to push him to come back sooner. Uh because this is such a balanced team on the offense and defensive side that you want to have them all healthy for a tournament run. So let's get this big win tomorrow, uh, and then you come back to Neville and you play Mississippi State on Saturday. You shot poorly. You know you had a rough road game against them. They're physical, uh, but even still, you had a chance to win the game. You just couldn't quite uh, pull it off. You get them at uh, you get them at Neville. There's going to be a little bit of revenge factor there, and uh, I would expect uh, the boys coming ready to play on Saturday. So if you could pull off two wins this week, look out. Look out. You could be talking about the SEC champions or SEC regular champion Auburn Tigers here uh, in you know two and a half short weeks. So let's see what happens. Um, guys, the commits are going to start pouring in, I believe. Recruiting's about to pick up. We're going to talk about some upcoming visits Thursday's show is going to be recruiting heavy. So if you don't like recruiting, don't listen because it's going to be bug-tastic recruiting. Uh, we're going to be fired up. We're going to be getting everybody. <laughs> we're going to talk about how we're going to get everybody. So uh, if you want to have a good time, you want to talk recruiting, come back on Thursday and, and we'll get after it. So follow me on Insta. I'm sorry, follow me on Twitter, the underscore Charlie, underscore five. Like and subscribe to this channel so you can be notified uh, when we go live or when we premiere. So 
Uh, like and subscribe. I got some other fun stuff that I'm that I'm trying to put together. Uh, I think this off season is going to be a lot of fun, but we're going to be booging uh, and talking about uh, you know spring football and basketball over the next couple of weeks and, and, and recruiting and recruiting. So tune in again next Thursday. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, this is episode twenty two of the Top Button Podcast. Stay buttoned.